are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. You can't own people. Your precious puritans were not perfect. You romanticize them as if they were inerrant. As if the skeletons in their closet was pardoned due to their hard work and tobacco growth. As if abolitionists were not racist and just pro-union. As if God only spoke to white boys with epic beards. You know Jesus didn't really look like them paintings. I was just Michelangelo's boyfriend, your precious puritans. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast. Woo! It's uh, George's birthday today. Yes. She made it to two. Oh, oh she wow, made it. man. Mm-hmm. I did not think she would make I, it. it. Could have gone either way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you guys are loose in your parenting with like danger things. Like you, you want her to experience, like you, experience danger and not be afraid of it, right? I don't want to put, put uh, I don't want to instill uh, fear into her. I would put it that way. Right. I don't want her to feel anxiety for me and internalize it. So I try not to do that. Also, you know, generally encouraging. And that's no, Matt, I'm usually the one that, uh, you know, people think is a hothead and kind of mad. And, and, you know, you and Joey are a little bit more level-headed, but I've seen Joey, you know, be mad at his kids before. Do you ever get real mad at Georgia and, like, yell at her? And, like, I mean, do you, like, do you lose your cool with her something? It's really easy for me to explain that. Um, basically, what I've had a ton of, especially from this podcast, is people, they write me and say, Matt, I'm just like you. I have a hard time. Uh, expressing my emotions, I don't. You know what I mean. I'm right. just like you. I don't. I'm not able to say what I really feel. I don't express my emotions. And I, every time I read, it, I go, No, 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 no. You don't understand it. I don't feel those things. I feel I have emotions, of course, but those. You know, it's not that I, don't, I can express any emotion that I have. I feel like I just don't have yeah. them strongly. So anger, I'm not given to anger. I don't feel jealous and angry and mad very much. So. The answer to that is it's very easy for me not to be mad at my daughter or wife. They, they can get, I can get irritated at them to a higher intensity. I feel irritation readily. So, no, I don't lose my temper at my, at, usually at my wife or my daughter. However, and you can attest to this, I get irritated and I speak very plainly. So when people overhear maybe the way that I may be talking to her directly with my wife or daughter, it could sound mean. Yeah or insensitive, or whatever like that. But I, my temper is not, is not almost ever lost, from my point of view, I would say. But if you heard probably some ways that I fuss at her, or correct her, or yeah. get irritated, I'm not defending that. It probably is negative. But no, it's not. Uh, I don't lose my temper very easily at all. So you know, you never going, get back to bed. That is the last time I'm telling you. You haven't done that. Probably, yeah, I would do that. That's pretty reasonable, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, you yell at your kids. I right lose my temper. Yeah. I think that's I mean, kind of a choice, though. I just feel like that's the appropriate thing to say sometimes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Like, it's not – like, Jess and I had this conversation the other that's day. She, loss and of temper, she did the total mother thing. Like, the kids kept getting out of bed over and over and over, and she kept what I thought was just kind of coddling them. Okay, you know, go back. And I finally yes. I went in there and I said, hey – Everybody, you go to sleep or you will be getting in trouble. You know, I don't care that you might not get to go to the pool tomorrow. This, this, I said, but you are going to bed now. And they all got quiet and kind of whimpery and whiny and stuff like that. But they went to sleep. It worked. That was it. They yeah. were in bed for the night. And I was like, oh, I was just the dad there. And Jess, her heart kind of broke. She's like, don't be so tough on them. I was like, yeah, no, I get, sometimes yeah, you got to be. For sure, right? yeah. Sometimes you got to be. And, and, and that allows her. And honestly, is awesome because then they always go to her. They know they think dad, man, he'll he'll yeah. he'll tear me a new one or something. I think the only thing that I, we have to be watchful of though is if we take that route all the time, it becomes white noise. Like if we're always yeah raising oh, our voice, yeah, it's like well, that's just what he always does. And I think 
if we ever have like those sorts of moments, but there's never instruction for them to learn, it's pointless. Yeah. But I think sometimes they can learn by just hearing an elevated voice because it's like, oh, he means business. He's well, yeah. Charge. When you but you yeah. joke yeah. around, but Toby does this, and I do too. We joke around a lot to our kids. Pretending like we're super angry, so sometimes they can get confused about. Yeah, that. that's the down, oh, yeah. that's the downside. Sometimes they're laughing, and, then, and I have to go, "No, I'm not. This I'm is actually, actually really joke. mad right now." What is uh, if your kids like when you talk to them, Joey? Your white noise would be like, "No, you get back in your room." Am I supposed to keep laughing right now? Yeah, you. That's hilarious. That's all like William hears. <laughs> what well, I said. <laughs> what is that supposed to be projecting, Toby? What is that? He's the he's nasal. Joey's or nasal. Quiet or what? Is the nasal? Is the nasal? <laughs> well, I do you, you don't know, have do a nasal. We got a whole bunch of stuff to do. Do you? If that's sufficient ice breaking to you, let's talk about the serious stuff that we can deal with today. Is that fine with you guys? Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, let me lead y'all into the the Charleston discussion here, and and I had no real need to weigh on it at, on whatever level based on the fact that you guys are actually very local to where the yeah. shooting happened. It's right there, wasn't it? Off of uh, right. Rutledge or can't, what was the street that was right off of? No, it was Calhoun. on Calhoun, Calhoun Street. Yeah, That's so the, it's like the major yeah. street. Yeah, it's the main street. I, I try to tell people, oh yeah, if you. This is, you know, I've been there a million times. My sister lives near there. My other sister used to live right down the street. I've been there yeah. a thousand times. It's right down the street from you guys. Um, so, I, you know, what, what, what is it like there for you compared to where I am? I know the, the, the general gist of it, and I hear all the news and stuff, but I can't imagine what the actual mood is from my home state where I'm from. What's your perception? How do y'all feel well, about for, it? Well, for me, it was just... Uh, uh, well, once again, it's just, I mean, it, it's just terrible. It feels like uh, something race-related and race-related deaths are just happening um, every few weeks now. You mm. know, it's like at least one a month or so, something like that. It's just crazy. And, and so the, what, what, what is really crazy about that or, or devastating is that it's happening here, and I know that emotions are high and tension is so much tension and so much devastation, so much hurt, so much pain, and yet... So many people literally are are just coming together and and like loving each other. It is mm-hmm. crazy. Like I can't believe the people of Charleston would be so loving, and these families and these people that attend this church could be so loving to their community and and so um, a, 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 so much outpouring of, of like goodwill. It's really crazy. That night that it happened, I was practicing with our worship band at our church, and I and I and I just thought, man, that is just so crazy. And, that I was at church, they were at church, and we were worshiping yep. our God. Oh, I see. And but they were killed. And, and y'all were both I mean, doing the same activity it. in the same city, a few miles apart right. at the same time, and that's what happened to them. And it didn't happen to you, yeah. nor would you ever been worried about it in a million years. Right, and that's what kind of got me. I was like, I, I mean, obviously, I, I I work at a church and attend a church, and and the danger is there. But I mean it. Uh, you know, historically, like black churches being burned down, uh, you know, yeah. African-Americans attending church has, has, has been tough a, a lot more than it ever has been for middle class white dude like myself. I'll never understand that. I'll never be, I'll never probably experience what they've experienced. I'll never have that understanding, I should say. So I just uh, my heart breaks and I just I am just part of me is like, man, 
I, I wish we could. Maybe we should be a little more mad. I know people are mad, but I mean, it just it's just sucks that we're in the South and a guy does something racist and it just links us all there. And I don't, I do not feel like I'm a racist. Everybody has some kind of racial tendencies I know. And everybody has some kind of, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, stereotypes maybe that you might prejudices. have or whatever on prejudice prejudices maybe on some level i think everybody on earth has something like that but sure i just hate it that it happens in the south and it just goes well look at those southerners man look how they yeah. are look what they're doing and i just hate it and it just is it's frustrating for me because it's a little scary i go man why can't why can't this stop why can't we really do something and I just really long for it to be more than just an event, and I hope this keeps going. Like that's what that that is what I would love is that months from now we're still standing on on uh, you know the Cooper River Bridge holding hands. We're still you know united. We're still maybe breaking these barriers of a, a white church or a black church. Maybe that you know we start joining together in the worship of our God, who we who we say is the same God. We know is the same God uh, that we both serve and worship. But and I, just, I, I hope that this is you, something that ignites the, that. How is it like that you feel, like you and Joey? What is it? Is it, is it, is it well, sad? I, like I you mean, walk I'll, around sad all day? Could you move on, do work, or is it distracting? Like, well, how does it Well, I, I was on vacation when, when – I was on vacation when I found out about it, and it, it definitely bothered me. And here's one thing. I, I think – I think Toby and I at least felt mutual cynicism um, the last time something like this happened. It just involved a, a cop and a another male. And I, I, f- I feel like I've just let that cynicism go because it's part of humanity to see something like this happen and then just for your emotions to... To, to invest in it. Now, I did hear some things on the news that I just kind of rolled my eyes at. Now, this might sound awful, but like a couple from Atlanta drove all the way to Charleston just because they needed to be there and they wanted to be there for support. Nah, I kind of think they wanted to be there for themselves. And that, you know what? That's okay. That's part of being human too. But being a Charlestonian yeah. and actually going to that church and seeing what what had happened and 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 like I'm telling you, I heard a lady say this and I just tears welled up in my eyes. It was a black woman and she was talking to two other ladies. They were walking, having a casual conversation. And she said this, and she wasn't being trippy. She was just in a monotone. She's like, this, this guy uh, did this to, to divide us all. And here we are all together. And it just blew me away. And I, I'm telling you, there was a, just such a sense of love. And here, here's what I thought was funny is this situation opened the door for it to be a normal thing for you to just go up to a complete stranger and give them a hug or pat somebody on the back huh. or strike up a conversation, which to me shows that humans, as humans, we want that. We just don't have the open door to do it. Yep. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like we don't have that permission to do that until something like this happens. But I'll tell you another thing that I think forever changed me, and uh, maybe this will ruin the Bad Christian Podcast, but like... I, it going through something like this and being around a bunch of brothers and sisters in Christ, the things that bother me about Christians become so less important. Yep. It just yeah. doesn't matter. I'm like, these are my brothers and sisters. They love Jesus, and this burdens them. And to see the love, and, and not just Christians, obviously, fellow humans, this this is a bothersome thing for everybody. But no, this is a very tough, tough time in Charleston. I so think you're it's reporting tough to, to see- me that the the sentiment in Charleston is forced. It's not, I mean, because, you know, basically in the rest of the country, we're getting media, and people accuse the media of this or this or that, whatever. But you're telling me from your 
point of view there, the sentiment in Charleston is one of unity and not division because oh my the gosh, rest of the country is, they don't have that emotional feel of it like yeah. you do. And so it seems like they're, you know, even outside of the state and the rest of the state might be kind of choosing some lines and dividing, which is what you said. That the, that's kind of the point of the thing. But the people closest to it, most affected, you find to be more in unity. That's the sentiment. Yeah, to- Toby, didn't Al Sharp- Sharpton come here and people told him to get out of here? We don't have time for this. Uh, I'm not sure about I'm that. I'm pretty sure that, uh, well, uh, I guess I can't speak authoritatively, yeah. but we don't have time for that kind of yeah. stuff. And I'm telling you, that makes me very proud of Charleston. I, 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 I would like really to say a couple more things. Uh, a couple things, too, are, w- with that being said, that's, that's the thing. I don't want us to get caught up in the moment of it. It is beautiful. I love that this brings people to, together out of such tragedy and such horror that this would bring people together. I just really do pray, and that's why I kind of hope we continue to talk about it and we keep saying things, and other people do, too, that actually will bring change. Like, if we want this to stop, if we really want racism to to become less and less and less, and I don't know if it, if it ever will be gone completely, or, uh, you know, we want people to be unified and to... Hold on one second. Hey, stop! <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I'll, I'll continue for you if you need to deal with that. I'm, I'm certain that y'all aren't going to edit that now. No, that's no, me that's yelling great. at my kids. No, that's great. R- ripping the Cat 5 cable out hey. of my computer. <laughs> I know it's my son, Ike. I don't even see him. I know it's him. <laughs> anyway... Moving on, what I was trying to say about love and unity and peace. Hey! No, I'm just kidding. Um, is that I hope that it does continue. I hope that we can keep these conversations going. I hope that it is not just a moment. And with that being said, too, um, I am so happy that things are happening, that people are holding hands, uh, sharing this moment together, and making it real, making it real. And I'd like to just real quickly, because I do feel like, a call or led to do this. I would like to just say the names of the people that died because I do yep. want us to remember them. Uh, Reverend Clementa uh, uh, Pinckney, uh, Cynthia Hurd, which my wife met a few times when my wife worked at the St. Andrews. Yeah, Pris- uh, yeah she's mean, a, a librarian here yeah. that Jess knew. Yeah, Priscilla is every time she sees that lady's picture, she thinks of the lady that yeah. checked out books for her. Right. I mean, this is I mean, Charleston's not yeah. huge. I yeah. mean, it's Sharonda God Coleman way. Singleton. Um, Twanza Sanders, he was only 26 years old. Myra Thompson, Ethel Lee Lance, who was 70 years old. Susie Jackson, who was 87 years old. Daniel Simmons, who was 74 years old. And Depayne Middleton, doctor. Yeah, and she, the last uh, Miss Doctor, she is the sister of um, Gwenny, one of Gwenny's closest friends, Grandma. I mean, it's just, it's all integrated. Yeah. Everybody just knows people i mean it's just it's crazy how tight-knit of a community is matt this is uh this is pretty much official uh and just blows uh, just oh just thinking about this this kid told cops after the fact he said when these people welcomed me in and were so nice to me he said that he there was a part of him was just like i can't shoot these people but then he was like no, I have to. This is what I'm here for. Like, can you yeah. believe that? Like, he actually told the cops oh. these people were so nice. I started having yeah. second, second and, and that's what's the downside. If you if you look into this kid's story, I mean, he just was a, being fed this stuff. He bought into it. He he thought of racism. You know, the, he was he was definitely racist against the black community and, and black culture. And it's just it's just that that's the other thing is I feel like when people kind of get alone and they don't tell the truth and they don't allow their real feelings even as ugly as they can be because if he had just said if he could have said that 
you know, to some people, hey, listen, I, I'm, I definitely don't like uh, this, or I don't like this, or I don't like this, or I'm against this, or whatever. Even in that moment, it would have been bad, and people would have been upset with him, and all, but it would have it would have changed him and it would have been better in the long run. Like people are so hidden sometimes that it ends up being the worst thing. You know, you start, all this stuff starts really small, whether it's, you know, we're talking about pastors that cheat on their wife. It started small. It started with just a look or a moment of, yeah, I'm just going to allow myself to think here or, or be in this moment or look at pornography or whatever. And we all go through this. Every single human has this thing where a little thing becomes a big thing later. And this is, is one of the worst when it, it turns out that somebody ends up, their hate ends up killing people and yeah. it, it will kill him too yeah i mean it will like hate kills you and it just it is just so devastating and it's so heartbreaking and i i, I am just so proud and joyful and uh prayerful that this unity will continue and that um you know god just please be with these families and help them i can't imagine i, I, I how you could forgive somebody it, I don't know if a guy came and killed any one of my family members, could I be so loving and, and, and bold in love and, and forgiving? Like, I just don't know if I could be. Yeah. And, and that's a, a, just a testament to how amazing these families are, that they would say, hey, yeah, we're hurting, we're devastated, we're broken, we forgive you. We pray that somehow you find Jesus in this. I mean, that's just, that almost, it, I'm so, such a hard-hearted person sometimes that I can't even hardly understand that. Like that much love and forgiveness is just so astounding and amazing and beautiful that it even breaks my heart. It even breaks off hard parts of my heart to be more open and more gracious. I mean, it's it's really a testament to these people. So, uh, all right, guys, uh, we're going to bring on a couple of friends. Uh, Jason, you might know him also as Propaganda. He's going to be coming on a, a little bit again because uh, we love what he has to say. But uh, right now, it's coming up, uh, my good friend, Thomas Rose. I've known this guy, man, since college. It's been many, many years. One of the nicest guys I could, I've ever met. He grew up going to this church, Emmanuel. He grew up uh, in Charleston, and we're going to have some really good conversations just about race and what it's like to be a Christian and black. And uh, it's going to be really good, so let's just hop right in. We'll, we'll just jump right in there. Thomas, yeah, I, honestly, we just want to ask you, like, you attended the church when you were younger, uh, or did you, what, like, just... You yeah, basically, basically it's, my, uh, it's my family's church, though, so my grandfather, when yeah. we were younger, I mean, we've been there, all, you know, for uh, for funerals, for weddings, I actually uh, did um, my grandfather's service, uh, funeral service, with Pastor Pinckney that got killed in the, in the shootings, man, you know? No way. Yeah, we, uh, we performed my grandfather's funeral together. I, we did music and he, you know, he preached. No, Thomas, yeah. you're in town was, right now took, in Charleston. No, I'm actually in Kentucky. I, I mean, not, not Kentucky. I'm in Nashville right now. Oh, okay. So we're we're working something, trying to figure something out to, to, uh, for next week to see if we can do something uh, to memorialize the families. You know. So what? When you first heard about this, how did how did you hear about it? You saw it on the news, or what happened? Um, actually, my wife she uh, texted me. She said. Um, I think your granddaddy's church and your daddy's church uh, had a tragedy. And she just kind of told me, you know, a little bit of, uh, via text message. And I was like, are you kidding me? You know, and sure enough, you know, um, I, I feel like we turned um, turned the news on and that's when we saw it happening, you know. And it was later on that night when I got home where it really hit me that it was our church, you know, my father's church. It's literally my father's church right now. He's an usher at the church. Gee, man, it's crazy. So it blew, my, blew my mind, man. Blew my mind. And then, and your dad's, so, I mean, these are people that he knew. He, I mean, he, there was a chance he probably could have even have been there that night, right? Dude, I mean, if there was a number 10, it would have probably been him, man. 
I'm serious. I mean, literally, I talked with him that night, and he said that someone had told him that Bible study was canceled that night, and so he ended up not going. So he ended up, basically, Emmanuel was having a quarterly meeting, so tons of ministers were in town, yeah. and then later on that night, uh, they were doing just their Bible study, and um, someone told my dad that they weren't having it along with one of my other aunts, and so they went to my other aunt's church that night because they were having a special at their church, so they literally were supposed to be there that night, man. Wow. Now, Thomas, I'm in Seattle now. South Carolina is my home state, obviously, and very close to that. But I'm so you're in Nashville, and I'm in Seattle right now. And I guess from my point of view, I'm just I'm really sad, and I'm really sad about our state. But from what Toby and Joey just told me, checking in with them, they're saying that the vibe there in Charleston and the way that it feels is very unified and not divided, and that it's amazing, and that the communities really come together. It's not a divisive thing at all. What is your perspective not being in your state in a tragedy like this and being away from it? Man, I'm just blown away at, you know, what's coming across the media when I see all kind of stuff that's happening, you know, from this far away, um, I'm seeing just people getting together and praying, uh, you know, obviously when you saw the sentence or not the sentencing, but the, you know, they were, uh, getting the jury together and trying to figure out when they were going to have the cases mm-hmm. and yeah. taking place, um, to hear these families. I saw that footage with Dylan, uh, you know, Dylan Roof's face right there, you know, and, right. and then these families, you know, saying, you know, we, we, pray God have mercy on you. We pray that, you know, pray for your soul. I mean, obviously that's not Baltimore right now, you know what I'm saying? That's not Ferguson right now. There's yeah. something different in happen, happening in, in Charleston that's blowing my mind, man, with this whole thing, you know? And, you know, to tell you the truth, it's, it's got to be the Lord, man, when it comes down to it. Yeah. Do you feel like, or where are you at in the camp of people forgiving him or being angry at him and the situation? How do you feel about it? No wrong answer. Man, man. I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, in all reality, man, I mean, what has gone down, the dude is jacked up. He's messed up, man. Um, he said he was trying to start a race war. He actually said in an interview, I guess maybe an interview or someone captured this, saying that he sat with them for, for an hour, first of all. He sat with them in a Bible study for an hour. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then it comes across that he says, they were so nice, I almost didn't go through with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so when I hear that that kind of stuff and I go, are you kidding me, man? You sat there. And first of all, when I talk about Reverend Pinckney, Reverend Pinckney was just not your average 41-year-old dude. This this guy was an amazing dude, man. He he. My father got back in the church about five years ago because of this minister. And then on top of that, he's been walking my father through some of the most difficult times in his life now as he's dealing with some personal stuff that I would rather not put on online. Yeah. But to say that this, this guy... He is walking with my father and walking with these people in the midst of this time. And to sit in a room and to listen to this guy and listen to his heart, there's no doubt uh, of how much he loves God. And still to be able to pull the trigger, make those guys lay down on the ground, pull the trigger, something else is going down. And so it's despicable, man. And and what he did, man, it's cold-hearted. It's cold-blooded. But in all reality, when it comes down to it, my heart stands with the people of Charleston, especially with the nine in Charleston that the families that are dealing with this to say, you know what? He's still in the grasp of God's forgiveness if he yeah, gives awesome. his life to the Lord. Oh, you know man. what I'm saying? Because that's no. what it's about right there, yeah. man. I mean, that, that that is really powerful, Thomas. And I, I just, I mean, I've known you for a long time, man, and I've always known you to be pretty, pretty open and honest. But like what I mean, for me, I, I'm literally a just a middle-class white guy. So I, I feel even 
awkward sometimes talking about this stuff because I feel like I, uh, part of me feels uh, uh, so ignorant to some of the things uh, that that we're talking about that we're, just we're because boys. I just because boys. I don't. So I give you full permission just to lay it out. <laughs> well, I don't. I mean, I, but seriously, like I, I have never walked in your shoes, man, and and I I think like you're, like your family have going to this church and now like the idea of just I mean, and, and this isn't a the first time something like this has happened. I mean, there we we talked about this before uh, earlier on another uh, early on this podcast even where, I mean, this has happened to, you know, churches a, a lot of times. And I mean, I, I, it's, it's really easy to say, or it, it's even sometimes feels awkward to say like this was a uh, primarily uh, African-American or black church or something like that. I, I don't even necessarily think that that's bad. Like I don't, I don't, that doesn't bother me to, to say that, but I do think like it is, it, it has to be, is it scary to think like, I mean, because of the color of your skin, where you worship uh, is, is Are black people scared like, you, you, at church? Apparently, apparently now we have to be, huh, man? I mean, you know, when, when something like this happens. But in all reality, man, like you said, this has been going on for a long time. And the history of yeah. Emmanuel, if you know the history of Emmanuel, that church has already been burnt down many times yeah. because of race, race fights. You yeah. know, dude, where do, where do we live? To, where are we from, Toby? We're, we're from Charleston, South Carolina. There's still yeah. a slave market in the middle of downtown Charleston, right. you know, historically, yeah. you know. Um, there are a lot of things going on in, in South Carolina where you look around and it, it's not a secret that this place was once, you know, a place where where there was tons of slavery, where there was tons of hatred there, man. And I mean, yeah. it's like the it's the South, dude. It's it's you know, it is the 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 flagstaff pole of where racist racism happened, yeah. you know, when we talk about slavery. And so, but in our reality, when you say you know, black people scared to go to church, man. I mean, in our reality, there's there's violence going all around. Um, I hate to say it's not just white on black crime. There's black on black cr- crimes too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, when it comes down to it, man, um, it's just it's just a, a scary world that we live in when it comes to the point where we can't even go to church without worshiping, uh, you know, worshiping God without having to worry about our lives on the yeah. line, you know? Well, um, let me, let me even ask you a little bit more. Like, what is it? I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm being serious right now. I really do feel a little bit ignorant, but I really do want to ask, I mean, we, we are friends. I know, man, you, you give me so much grace no matter what, but what, what is it like even for you as a black man in America right now? Like, I mean, what is it like to, it, with your interaction with the police, your interaction with your faith and, and how to respond to these things. Cause I mean, honestly, I, I really do. I can't like the things that you're saying. I don't know if I could forgive this Dylan roof guy that much. If he shot one of my family members, I, I would hope that I would have the compassion and love of Christ. I don't know if I would, I'd be mad. I would lose it. I, I would be, I, I mean, it almost makes me understand riots. Cause you're like, you're so devastated and this stuff is happening so much that you just got to get, you got to get something, you know, at least something like just a little payback or a little, I mean, it's, it's so tough. I mean, what, what is it like well, right dude, now for you? I mean, you know, first of all, <laughs> there's justice still, you know, right. forgiveness does not mean, oh, you know, it's okay. All this happened. Right. There's, there's still justice, man. You know, and, and when you look all through the Bible, there's still justice. God is a just God, you know, um, and you reap what you sow in that regards too. So, so to say, oh, I forgive or, or, you know, I, I see a bigger picture does not mean that I don't hurt. 
still. That does not mean that I don't have hatred or anger in my heart that I have to deal with. Man, I, I've busted out in tears many times over the past week um, thinking that my father could have been in that room, man. And yeah. my dad told me, hey, if I was in there, it would have been a different story. I would have gotten up and do this, you know, and all that stuff. And I'm just like, man, that's easy to say, man. But when right. it comes down to it, man. You, you, I mean, you, who knows what went down? You don't know. It wasn't, at right. first, we're thinking, oh, well, this one dude just stormed in a church and he started shooting. This right. dude sat in, man. So, he, yep. I mean, there's no telling. He could have probably had them lay on the ground, and they were thinking, you know, I'll do whatever he says because he's got a gun. And yeah. before you know it, it's over. I mean, you know, there's there's three ladies that he just took out, man. You know, three black ladies that he took out. So to say that we're not angry, to say I'm not angry, my family's not hurting and dealing with this right now. Uh, it, it, you know, to say that that would that would be a lie, man. It's not about yeah. about how we feel, though. I mean, that's the picture that we have to capture right now with Charleston. That in the midst of our our hurt, in the midst of our pain, when anybody else could lash out, when there's a blatant racist attack on on a, on, a, on a church in Charleston that's the call for a riot for anybody you know right. when they're fighting through all of this stuff right now they're fighting through the flag they're fighting through gun rights and all this kind of stuff and and you know they're going to be people to step up and try to make this their platform but let me tell you this this is not the time for that the time right now is for us to love on each hmm. of the families that are dealing with what's going on right now it's not about the rebel flag as much as i hate it being in the capitol building it's not about the rebel flag being up it's not about gun control obama's coming in and doing the eulogy on friday guess what the first thing i saw from him is it's about gun control it's not about that it's about people that are hurting right now huh. and even more so it's about grace that has been extended to a murderer who who wanted to take people's lives out and start a, a riot and start a war because he thought that he it would it would do something towards you know taking us back into the old school days you know what i'm saying let me ask you yeah. about that thomas you said it's not the time for the flag stuff as much as you hate it and the gun control and those things so in, in the rest of the country, it seems like now people are like, okay, well, there's a tragedy over there. So now let's talk about what it means and what it's about or to use our platform or, or gain power. Or what, is that the way it comes across to you? So you're saying you don't like the Confederate flag and you think it should come down, but you don't even think that – you're not even glad that that has come up because of this as somebody that Absolutely, wants the flag man. to come down? Absolutely, man. I mean, right now it's about nine families that are exactly. grieving. It's not even been a week, Doug. It's not even been a week, man. Dude, it was a day after, and they started to gripe about the Confederate flag, and I was just like, "What are we're talking about? Flags?" Okay, but Joey, but from my <laughs> I mean, point this of view, is a family. Yeah, but look at the yeah, look I, at the but country. I think they, though. People are saying that because of the family. I mean, I think they're thinking that it, this is what. Call, I mean, the you, you see pictures of the the this guy with the the rebel flag re draped I, over. I get it, but uh, do you see the insensitivity but, of the fact that these families lost? But they don't think it's insensitive. But they look think at they're it doing from, it to yeah, honor look at it from the, the country's point of view. If I'm in Seattle. And I hear, oh, there's that crime, there's that thing that's really bad. And then you hear people saying, yeah. And then there's a lot of people saying, we need to bring the flag down. This is the right time or whatever. From, from people's point of view out here, they're thinking, yeah. And they're assuming that people like Thomas, who are connected to it, are the ones maybe that are trying to, to get the flag taken down now. So it's interesting to hear somebody close to it say, no, it's not even about that right now. And you think it would be an appropriate yeah. time later to get to that stuff, Thomas? And the media oh, and absolutely. the politicians are just trying to use it? Is that the way you feel? Absolutely, man. I mean, right now, it's not even a week later, man. I guarantee you, talking with, with Reverend Pinckney's wife and his two daughters, you think they're concerned about a flag right now? Right. Yeah. Or do you, or they, they had Father's Day on Sunday without their hero. Right. 
Right. You think they care about a flag right now? You right. think they care about gun control or agendas? Man, this is not about that. And it's not about the, the what is What this is about is we're seeing a story of grace and mercy that is swelling up from one of the most racist cities in our history right yeah. now. 25,000 people walked across the, the, the Ravenel Bridge in, in support of this family. Yeah. You know? I, I agree with you guys. I, I fully believe that part of this is uh, sometimes an agenda or, or something that finally makes it get done. But what I do like about it is, I, I mean, here's what I would say. And I had a conversation off the record with a friend. <laughs> it was actually Bunda. And I was talking about how I thought it, it, was, it was frustrating to me that the, the, the biggest thing is when it, it tries to... Uh, link everybody with racism, and it tries to link. Every, uh, okay, well, the the whole South is racist, or the whole South is bad and it's evil, and and that is not the case. And and honestly, uh, you know, a, a, a small pool of people can ruin the entire ocean, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it, it can do that, but. We cannot deny that racism is real, and we need to talk about it more. I, w- I wish we could be more open and have more open dialogue about this because, actually, I'm a, I am under the uh, the thought right now that no matter what, the flag flying over the you know our state capitol cannot be disassociated from racism. So it, if it needs to go into a museum or whatever, if people really want to remember it as a part of South Carolinian history or whatever, that but it doesn't need to be flying over our as a symbol of what you know what I mean that that's the problem because it, th- definitions change things change exactly and so right now it is that so I do I do think you, we're probably both saying the same thing this might not right now this feels like an opportunist time to say this and, and get something accomplished but if it d- is taken down I'm I'm okay with it I actually am okay with it and probably would sign a petition or something like that but is it is it Thomas I mean just as a maybe we're even talking in the future or whatever but is it something that you think yeah should come down Toby, in our reality, it's down, man. I mean, in, yeah, my, in, my, in my opinion, I mean, I'm looking at some of the people when I'm looking at the Southern Baptist Convention president coming out um, and saying that flag must go, uh, yeah. Russell, Moore. Russell Moore. I mean, yeah. when, I'm look, when I'm looking at, you know, uh, you know, just tons of state people and, and people all around the nation, it's gone. I mean, yeah. it's gone and, and, um, and it needs to be gone. It needs to, I mean, come on. I mean, every time I go to Columbia and I'm going down, what is that, Main Street or whatever, and I yeah. see that thing, my heart just drops, man. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, my heart drops. Um, yeah. But once again, <laughs> there is a time and a place for everything. You right. Know what yeah. I'm saying? Well, uh, and well said, I, Thomas. I, I think the thing uh, about the, the flag situation is there's people that say, well, that doesn't mean racism to me. But those people need to step back and say, yeah, but it does for the vast majority of people that exist in this world. Most people look at it and they see, yeah, that represents slavery. And whether that's accurate or not doesn't matter. Just why, why is it so important to have it flying when most people see it yeah. in that light? So. Well, well, also, uh, Thomas, just going back to that, though, uh, that this idea, this is what I really like hearing or not like hearing about, but I, I, I am learning from your experiences what what is it like though as a i mean yeah. i've known yeah. you forever we, we went to college together the same basically badness mm-hmm. college what is it like for a black man even in christianity right now do you feel ever feel racism in that or just a a difference uh, am i not you know like a, toby man cult, it's, culturally it's, peaches, or? it's peaches and cream now man racism is gone dog no <laughs> <laughs> even in the church 
No, let me tell you, man, in our reality, I mean, you know, you know me, you know my wife, yeah. Dita. I'm, I'm married yeah. to a, a Caucasian lady, man. Um, guess what, man? Unfortunately, it is still alive and well. Racism is still alive and well. Right. And, well. Um, and even in church, man, um, unfortunately, you know. Um, and I just, you know, there's, uh, just to be honest with you guys, you know, we travel and we do s- some s- smaller events around town. Dude, when we got married, when I got married, man, I mean, I was doing probably, I would probably say about 20, 20 to 30 dates a year with Disciple Nouns and all that kind of stuff. When I got married, man, that that changed <laughs> really? drastically. And, and on top of that, too, man, just to be honest with you, um, I had I, I even had conversations with people up until last year. We were doing a camp in South Carolina, um, and I'm not going to call the camp out, but yeah. uh, and um, and one of my good friends that he comes every year uh, to the camp that we're at, basically, and and he's like Thomas, man, I wish I could bring you to my church one day, but my people aren't ready for this. Oh, and I'm like, Lord. dude, if you're not going to make them ready, who's right. going to make what, them yeah. ready? Is that yeah. right? Like, that's yeah. not him being nice to his thing or safe or, well, you can't do everything all at once. Is that cowardly on his part? Well, From he's not at the church anymore. Yeah. <laughs> he's not at that church <laughs> but, anymore. But is that the right I mean, I'm glad, I mean I'm, is this a time for people to do bold things or like that? Like say, nope, you know yeah, what? I'm, I don't know I'm if they're glad. ready, but I'm taking Thomas and we're going to deal with this. Or, or is, is that like safety built into the system and is that part of the problem? Yeah, that is part of the problem. Let me say this, too, on the other side of that. I've had friends that brought us into their church, knowing my relationship with my wife before we were married, were dating. And um, and they brought me in, and then I ran into you know, a specific dude um, about two years later, and he's like, you know what? After you guys left, I lost my job. You know what I'm saying? Oh, um, guess what, man? It's not just about the, you know, sometimes we get a better picture uh, painted than we do in the church of, uh, of what it means to have racial reconciliation, unfortunately, man, um, just to be honest with you, you know. Um, but as a black man um, in ministry the way that we are in the midst of the, you know, the, you know, Southern Baptist world, I'll say, um, you know, it can be challenging sometimes. It can be it can be challenging. But um, within that, you know, I've seen God just still move mountains and uh, and we're still singing and, and we're still getting the opportunity to minister to, to people all around. And that's been part of my, my heart and my mission, Toby. I've always considered myself a wrecking ball, dog. You know, I'm an, yeah. I'm probably the nicest wrecking ball you ever meet. I'm like, you know, covering your face. And, hey, what's up, dude? How you doing? But but in all reality, I know the point and the purpose when when God brings me into a specific situation is to make you uneasy and to make you realize that, you know, if, if you don't realize it, that race is still an issue. And uh, that's something that you're going to have to deal with face to face, you know. And yeah, so, I think some people try to stay away from that because, uh, like, like even you were talking about your friend at this camp whatever, or talking about his church, um, because they, they either they're like they are scared, or they think, well, they're just not ready, so let's go slow or whatever. But the problem is, I do not think that that's loving. I do not think that that, right. that is loving, and I hate the idea that there's this underlying uh, sin and hate within, especially within the church, that a man that loves his wife. Just like another man that loves his wife, the only difference is are some color of the skin that that could actually mean something. Like you know, you know what I mean? Like that that's a reason to to cause hate or something. Like, like I hate that we, I hate that. Yeah, Matt, I do, <laughs> I do agree that that it is. This is a time for for boldness. It is a time for uh, the white guy to say, "Hey, they're not ready for this, but come on in." <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm it 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 almost seems you know Rosa Rosa Park said, "You must never be fearful about what you're doing when when you know that it's right." Hey, God, I think hey, that is. I think I that love is the way the, we're talking about. I love the way we're talking about this too because it's so nonchalant. But we're talking about the church. 
Yeah, we're talking yeah. about the body of Christ. Uh-huh. We're yeah. talking about supposedly people that are supposed to be in heaven one day. And we're like, it's that yeah. time. To, it's been that time a long time ago, man. Right. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. It's been that time a long right. time ago. Who's going to stand up and who's going to continue to to knock down these walls? And who's going to say, you know what? I'm going to be more about Jesus than I am about the people around me and what they think about me or my job or whatever. You know, it's really yeah. just about us. Time, you know, and it's our generation, man. It's our generation, guys, that are continuing to knock these walls down, continuing to... to make a new standard and so i think there's been pr- progress we still got a long way to go though you know yeah well thomas man I, I we really appreciate you having you on here man we, like i said we've been friends for a long time and i really do value your your life and and the way you handle it man i, I i'm trying to think of, of some really good words but the the best word is that you're one seriously are one of the nicest guys i've ever met and uh, have always been a straight shooter so i appreciate that um we love to have you on the podcast man thank you so much we'll be praying for your family yeah hearts uh, out to your for, dad and you and everybody man. For, yeah that's for what sure, i was just man. gonna say real fast i was just gonna say in all reality thank you guys the reason i'm doing this is because of emmanuel and me and because of my father who has lost a good friend um uh, lost a few good friends um in the midst of this and um my heart once again is just you know i don't want this to to cause dissension i want it to be something where we can just look at at what god is doing in each of those lives and each of those hearts um and just join and celebrate them and celebrate who they are not saying that anybody was perfect in that situation because we all are jacked up and just like dylan we all are jacked up and we got our crap too man you know but what it comes down to man is are we willing to surrender that man and just say you know what there's a bigger picture there's a bigger thing happening here and I'm going to, I'm going to be a part of that, you know, and that's, that's my heart for us, man, you know? And so even Toby, we're trying to get this thing next week, uh, just to honor the family, but we want to make sure that the families are, are part of it and want to be yeah. honored in that way. And so, um, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing you next week, if we can make this thing happen for those guys. Tell us so, about that. Give us the details on, on that. Is there a, you have a, a benefit thing to, to promote? Right now we're working on, um, on a, basically just something to honor the family for one and then something just to spotlight just the grace and the mercy that's been shed um, in the midst of the situation and so um, we've called a, a couple of good friends I'm trying to reach out to um, you know a few guys that are just from Charleston you know I know some of the guys from a, a group called Need to Breathe that are there um, I would love for them to connect um, went to high school at the same high school as Darius Rucker not at the same time I love for him to get together I, I think that this is a great time for us to come together to love this community to also help them with some of these costs because funerals aren't cheap um and then also on top of that too just for for us just to once again um yeah. shed a light on on what it really means to be the body of christ man you thank know? you thomas we're, we're right there with you we love you yeah hey love you too matt thank you thank you toby appreciate you guys yeah um, see you man take care guys and that Talk joey you, is there that joey yeah yeah hey joey appreciate you man thank you yeah, guys. it's an honor honor right. to meet you yeah take care bros <laughs> all right all right um, we talked Good. to somebody else already, another friend of ours, but we just want to know from your point of view, experiencing this Charleston thing on the news, tell us about yeah. when when you heard about it and how that affected you specifically. Tell us your reaction. Um, well, uh, I heard about it via you know social media uh, first, um, and uh, was obviously I was you know devastated, but then blown away that like it kind of took the loudness of social media for. Uh, mass media to actually cover it um, yeah. and for me like you know part of it is like a uh, likely story you know um, and obviously the devastation of the event itself but then um, you know almost like being able to look into kind of the poker hands of how this is probably going to be covered 
um, and just kind of like knowing exactly how it was going to play out and it was just going to demonstrate uh, kind of that embedded um, racism that kind of sits even within our media. You be know, more specific kind of feeds that. into it. How, what is that well, that you mean exactly? Well, let me be specific. Specifically, uh, okay, so the it's going to be he's going to be called insane. The, the shooter is going to have the luxury of being crazy. Mm-hmm. Not a thug, not a terrorist, but crazy, right? right? right. Um, you know, and they're going to go out of their way to look at his past, see how he became that. Basically, wow. you're going to humanize him, right? So he's going to be humanized to develop some sort of sympathy, and we should feel bad for this kid because obviously he's crazy, right? Um, whereas if this were happened to a person of color, oh, he's a thug, he's a criminal, he got what he deserved, uh, yeah. And and watching that happen, and then watching uh, even the victims of these of these stories, they're not humanized either. Their faces, uh, their ideas, they are a mass collection of a tragedy, rather than these are individuals who have lost their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so just watching that play out, uh, you know, there was a few things that did shock me and, and was very encouraging to watch the. Uh, kind of the heartbreak and the shakiness in the voice of the mayor and of the police chief in that city, that was like, oh, wow, that's new. You know, seeing mm-hmm. someone really be broken over this situation was uh, very encouraging. Yeah. Well, let uh, me explain a little yeah, bit there, Joe, if you don't mind for one second. What I think is really interesting here is to hear Jason's point of view here on the West Coast. I'm on the West Coast, and Jason, I don't know if you know it or not, but Toby and Joey are in Charleston. They're from there. Oh, and we just wow, talked to yeah. somebody that, that we're friends with, have known a long time, who's, whose dad goes to that church and it's really weird because I'm experiencing it so they're there on the scene and then Mm -hmm. I'm here on the west coast and what's interesting is I'm feel on the west coast very similar to the way that you do I don't necessarily feel all the unity and the personification of these individuals but what they're saying over there from what their point of view is at Charleston and like you said the mayor and the police chief are doing a great Mm -hmm. job and they they very much feel like it the uh it's a unity thing and yeah. people rally together and the individuals yeah. are being honored and stuff like that. But it's weird because nationally it just turned, we just use it as fuel to talk about what we want to talk about. And that's what yeah. it feels over here to me as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally how it feels to me too. You know, and that's, you know, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Like at the end of the day, people died, you know? Right. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, I, I think it's crazy. I think it's because Toby and I being here in Charleston, we're seeing the local news. We're actually, walking in front of the church, being around people mm, of, of all yeah. colors, seeing the tears uh, running yeah. down white people's faces, black people's faces, seeing people hugging and uh, yeah. rallying around each other. I mean, it, it is, uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I said earlier how I, I think I have a little cynicism of how people get carried away with their emotions and just like, oh, I got to be part of that. But it, it really is electrifying. I mean, it's some it's yeah. so devastating. It's so heartbreaking. Everybody's yeah. hearts are burdened, but it's like yeah. a bittersweet. There's a sweetness yeah. to Charleston right now, man. And, and, I'll, I, and I'll say I'll say this. I've seen that via social media. I think this has been yeah. the least polarizing of the events. It seemed like of, of the events over the past couple of years where we've had like police shootings or, you know, whatever other like racially charged uh, situations. Um, it seems like this this one's particularly kind of struck the chord. I feel like if if we're gonna look at you know um, I don't know white Twitter or white America as a social construct, it's almost like I think this one finally like clicked where it's like oh I guess wait we do have a problem. You know what I mean? Like and it seems yeah. like 
this yeah. it 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 took five years you know what i'm saying of just back to back to back to back to back to back to back events and then to caps capsize it with this humongous one for i think people to go okay maybe maybe my african-american brothers and sisters aren't making this up yeah you know what i'm saying well that's what i wanted to, i wanted to ask you too jason like this is the thing that gets me i, I everybody on on my social media was just going nuts over john stewart and what he said you know on the on the, the daily show or whatever and he, he was just saying uh you know he, he said i don't have any jokes this is serious and he, and he talked a lot yeah. and, and what he said was compelling and good but what is that like for uh, I, I still feel like we are missing the point. Like this is obviously people died, so people are emotional and they are seeing it and they are outpouring of love and emotion and unity and all this stuff. But what what is it like for uh, even 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 for you or or for the African American uh, you know people in general? What is it like that all all the white people just go, oh yeah, look at John Stewart, man, he said something awesome about race. Like we don't even listen to any like black voices, or you know what I mean? Like yeah. we don't even hear it. Like well, I mean, I feel like there's tons of people of color that are saying the, the exact same things that the white people are saying, but the yeah. white people don't even hear it. And then they go to John Stewart. Oh man, that guy said it. He nailed it. Racism <laughs> yeah. is bad. I mean, like if, if we we it's don't like, even get you know the, that part right. You know what? It's like, look, at this point, I'm just glad somebody's listening to somebody. You know, it gets to a place <laughs> where you like, uh, can you it's almost like, John, can you translate for us? Like, apparently this was not apparently nobody hears us. We need a translator. You know what <laughs> I mean? The translator. And, yeah. and it's like, yo, thank you. You know what I mean? If anything, it's like, man, we need more white people to finally go. Uh, yeah, these dudes have been saying this for forever. I don't understand why you don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So I'm like, hey, man, what, I, but, we, but wish we could clone it, that cat. Yeah. yeah, well, it feels crazy, though, because, I mean, I, I know for a fact that there are a ton of African-Americans saying, hey, listen, the racism is real. We experience it daily. Cops right. are doing certain things. Bro. Politics are doing certain the, things. Just, just hear us out. And I don't, I don't even know if white culture can even hear that. Right. Brother, the president has been trying to tell us, like, I don't know how much higher we can get. It's like, I don't know who else y'all need to listen to. Like, is the sky blue? Like. Come on, you know what I mean. Hey, so what you anything- said, what what you said about the shooter just blows my mind because I, I read an article and it really uh, it it messed with my head because it was just so poignant and it, and it said this and it was very simple. It said, "When we demonize this guy and write him off as insane, we throw our hands up in the air and we don't head towards a solution because if he's insane." That means, oh, well, that's that's just one dude. There's not this big problem. You know what I'm saying? Now, yeah. I, I would say that I, I don't think there's this huge problem in Charleston of white guys killing black guys. I think there's a big race problem, though. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's, there's a racism yeah. problem. Yeah. There's not like this huge stat of you know, hundreds of thousands yeah. of, of black yeah. males and females being killed yeah. by white dudes. But yeah. uh, to, to write him off as insane, you're saying, okay, well, this isn't a problem at all. Racism yeah. is not a big Yeah, issue. you get to say it's not a systematic issue. And you have to say, like, understand that the experience with black America is you have to think in two ways. Like, you have to think in terms of the individual and the isolated situation and in light of the systemic. That's just the, that's just the experience. So when we look at things, I don't look at Charleston just as Charleston. I look at it and I say, okay, I watched on the news the uh, the police officers um, escort that guy to the court with a bulletproof vest on. And I'm like, oh, really? He gets a bulletproof vest? You know? Right. Man, must be nice. Um, right. 
Yeah. And it's it's crazy too yeah. what you it's crazy what you said and I hate I hate the fact that you're right and just just because I just hate this problem but you are so right man if if this was a black guy uh, that did this in maybe a white church people it would just be oh yeah thug gang like this is just this is just a dude that uh, you know got caught up in gangs and uh, you well, know he'd have been he's not in the he's totally not insane. He, this is just what well, he does. This yeah. Is, yeah, or he'd have been shot in the street. Yeah, yeah. Can you yeah. hear yeah. me? Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Or, or, or choked right. out, like like Eric Garner was. You know, you sell a yeah. cigarette, you get choked out. Yeah, yeah. you're exactly. You know? In fact, yeah. I, I, I wondered that same thing myself. If it would have been a, a church with all, all white people and a black man would have came and sat in the back, Somebody might even have, <laughs> have stopped the service or, or done <laughs> yeah. something. You know That's what I mean? True. Like, yeah. like, like they were like, "Hey, man, this, this kid's here. Let's, you know, we'll be not like they even said that." Especially, especially if it's he's just, dressed kind of I, more yeah. like a hip hop guy or something. I, I just Seriously. think that what I really want to do is I, I hate that this makes it seem like all Southerners are racist. I, they are not, but we do have a problem, and I want us to talk more openly about it before it gets to this because, I, and I don't want this to go away. That's the thing. I don't want. I mean, man. we can have all these parades, we can have all these people holding hands and praying with each other in unity but the scary thing is is it going to be gone two weeks from now and nobody's going to be yeah. talking about it anymore we need to really keep this on the forefront of hey this is a real issue and we all struggle with this well, you know white or black racism is real let's just start where right before somebody has to get killed to change it let's just talk about man uh wherever you're at in, in a restaurant or or a grocery store or whatever it might be if you're feeling something let's start being a little bit more open about it before it gets to this point no. Yeah, yeah, Jason, you got to catch your plane. You're getting you boarding. Now. Yeah. All right. Thank Sorry, you for dude, jumping on here now. with us today. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk hey, again. Yeah, we enjoy you, your man. point of view. Man. You got yeah, any last point, man? Uh, yeah, man. Like, hopefully, this is a this becomes a, a unifier as just as it has been, and you know we can continue this conversation and like you know rather than take down you know flags, let's take down flags of the heart. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, for sure. Really, man. What really That's controls awesome. us? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for coming right, back on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, I really appreciate we'll it. Talk to you soon. All right, guys. Anyway, so that was Jason. Um, just realized that I didn't record on my end, so the audio was probably pretty poor. But um, guys, thank you so much. I really do want to keep this conversation going. I don't think this is something that uh, we should just let go and then move on from. I really do. I, I mean, if our hearts, especially as Christians, is to love people and that we want them all, no matter the color of their skin, no matter what uh, gender they are, no matter what, we want every human to go to heaven, then we need to really start talking about these things that are in our, the darkness of our heart. I mean, I just, I can't stand it that we can't have conversations about this. Everybody knows, it's, everybody knows, it's, it's the same thing as like, everybody knows everybody's having sex, but nobody's going to talk about it. Right. Uh, everybody knows that, that racism exists. Let's have real conversations. Let's not just jump well, and, and I mean, get people have conversations. The conversations is, we'll look at all the counterpoints to Jason's argument. We saw, I mean, you, I, can, I can name right. what the ones I can read on Facebook. And here's the weird part is, I don't think all of the things that the, my friends from high school are saying on Facebook are necessarily wrong, but they it's so weird to see the, the, their tone to be, oh, I want to push back on, on the, right. this stuff. I don't really understand the motivation behind it. Or I guess I do because I'm guilty of it, I think. And in fact, when you were talking to Bunda about it the other day, I was like, yeah, but Toby's feeling like he has to defend something instead of just let somebody get away with something. I don't know. It's a, a weird thing, and I've been really guilty of it too. 
uh, everything from I, I feel so bizarre about it to tell you the truth because I'm from South Carolina so when I'm here and people look at me all the time and they don't know shit about South Carolina here in Seattle they've never been right. they don't understand it and then the attitude is that's the bad place where all the bad people are right and they look right. and that's why you moved out here because you're not like that and I'm going it's not like it's not true let me or they say oh the civil war or something and and, and they just have this honestly not the real point of view of what the whole situation is but then what am i supposed to do defend the confederacy right. or defend right. racist or say well right. it's not as bad as you think even though it's bad and i don't know and I, so i understand that impulse from the people on facebook that want to post the counter articles to things that let's say jason would say but i just i think that's I don't know. I want to say don't do that. At least try to listen more or like understand the other point of view. That's all. Like at least that. I mean, I guess I'm feeling like I'm changing over the last six months or year. Like I guess I'm going to have to back off on some of my stances and I probably have already, I guess, because I'm reading these things. I don't know. I guess I have to learn from both sides or for something. So I don't, I don't really know, but it's bizarre. I guess the thing that I really, the thing that I really want to do is just elevate what is going on in Charleston right now. And I think you've done a good job, Matt, of doing that from Seattle and just what you've heard from Toby and I, and I don't, I don't want to like minimize that. I mean, what it, it is a big deal that there's no riots. It's a big deal that we don't want guys like Al Sharpton that's going to try to make this into a big hatred deal. And that's blacks and whites. Like that's that's two groups right. of people and uh, of other colors too that's saying no, we're unified. This is I mean, Charleston is not making this about race right now they're making this about compassion for a family now do yep. we have to deal with the race issue sure but i'm i'm very proud of this city man i mean I, I just just where we are at right now it it's uh it's something that i i'm have a lot of pride of well i'm all and, for people changing so you should be changing because yeah. of this i don't know exactly how or what but it shouldn't be dig your heels in more it shouldn't be that i don't care who you are it just shouldn't be that kind of well thing. i just want uh, going back to what you said too man i just wanted to add one thing i think you're right what the thing and we even said this with with thomas and with jason um the thing that's so frustrating is i hate that no matter what we can't get rid of the south equals racism no matter what and and i think that racism exists in every state in every country no matter what and it's kind of probably somewhat like if you're in a german person. people if you're a german people still think you might hate jews or one you know you know what i mean yeah, like it's right. it's kind of think something so terrible happened in your country's history or in your state's history that you're, it's going to be associated with it maybe forever, and maybe even rightly so. But the thing that I hate about it is we can't get past it, and then you just, yeah, I don't, there is no, we don't have to defend right now. It, we are lured into that as well. Like it, the idea, yeah. uh, even talking about the flag or whatever, it would be just so much better for everybody just to just take it down, put it in a museum if you have to, whatever you want to do with that, fly in your own yard. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. It doesn't have to go there and, and stand for what over everybody, no matter what. And it, little things like that. I want these things to start happening and changing. And we do need to talk about it a little bit more. And, and I want to take it a step further in a real way. Everybody needs to say, you know what? I'm racist here. What am I trying just to learn about racism right, right now? Is what people it, need. Right. not what am I trying to t- tell everybody or explain? What am I trying to learn? Right. Also, where am I racist? Where, where, when, whatever. It might not. You know, it could be anything. It could be any person, any color. 
whatever it is, where, where, what gets me when, when a certain uh, a person of a different race cuts me off in traffic, do I react differently? When I'm walking down the street, do I react differently to a, a person uh, that is a different color than me? What, you know, what, what is my thoughts when uh, a, a famous person of a different race says something or does something? What is my thoughts when uh, I treat this person this way, but this person this way? I mean, it, whether they're from another country, whether they're another religion, whatever it might be, we really need to ask ourselves these questions, put ourselves in these shoes, and start with these small yeah. things before they get bigger. Well, we and, believe and not that, just, yeah, the sin is in people, so the, there's two ways you can look at this. Right. Either we need to identify and vilify the racists and then get them. Yeah, like Dylan Roof, or right. That's but that's the wrong way to go. But that's what people yep. tend to want to do. The right thing to do is recognize how we are like him, or he's the worst of of what's in all of us, or could be capable of, or people you know. Yeah. We have to recognize yeah. that we're more like yeah. him than simply, uh oh, find the bad guys and get them because it's a sliding scale all yeah. the way across. And no, nobody's. I'm not accusing anybody of being like him. Or he could be one in a billion yeah. for all I know, but. What's in there is in inside of us, just the same. So recognizing where we're like the bad stuff is better than than vilifying, the, yeah. you know, people that some theoretical other side yeah. of people or attack other people. So it's time to learn. That's it. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Well, I just believe racism is alive and well, and it's a problem in the world. In and pe- we in really pe- in all yeah. people in, in the world, yeah, all humanity, all yeah. humanity, no matter what. And so we need to figure that out. We need to talk about it in a real way. Calm our emotions a little bit, and. Uh, and not be so sensitive immediately, but let people talk about the little things before they get this big and crazy. Because I just don't, I just don't want any more anybody else to die. I just really right. don't like. I, I this is. I hope this doesn't sound racist. This is probably what I'm about to say sounds racist. But I really wish this would happen. I hope it doesn't sound racist. But I really do seriously wish this would happen. We were at a festival very recently, and there were cops at this park, and the festival was in a park, and all the cops were white dudes that looked like just total douchebags, and. And then there was a couple of guys like groundskeepers who were African-American and they looked so cool, having such a good time. They were really friendly to everybody and nice. And I was like, man, the cops are, are kind of dickheads and, and the groundskeepers are the really nice, awesome guys. And I really, th- we might have to edit this. I don't know. I wish America would let only African-Americans be police officers. <laughs> I really do. Like, no white guys get to be police officers for several years, and we just roll with that for a while and just let that happen. That, that would be a dream come true because I just feel like there is so much tension right now. There is so much negativity towards it, and I, I feel like probably maybe there's even racism within that because I, I bet maybe if you're white, maybe you get a, a better opportunity. I'm not saying for sure, but I just feel like maybe that would be something really, is that racist to say that, that well, I, that I, I would, I would no. prefer that. Man, I, I hope not. Racist. Do I, what Matt? You, yeah, you're making a point. I, I understand what you're saying. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying I don't want it to make it a, a, a terrible race thing, but I just think I actually believe law enforcement would do a great job that way. <laughs> I really do believe that. I think it would help us as a people to understand a little bit more about each other's cultures and what, what we're going through. And I think it would probably end a lot of uh, the shooting and death that has been happening, man. I really do. People are going to really blast me for that. I hope that doesn't sound well, racist. Well, I, I like to, it, but, but the way you set it up was just not – didn't make – I mean, it'd be better to just make the point in a semi-joking way than say you really think this – it sounds like you're saying we, let's implement this, which isn't really your point. 
I wish that all the kings of comedy were police officers. <laughs> and I would be so happy. I think it would be amazing, and I believe my family would be protected better, and the quality of everything would go up. But well, I know a lot of police officers who are awesome. So I sorry we that. don't have a real big jokey episode today, and I'm I'm glad to just hear from y'all because I haven't gotten to talk to you about it and everything. And sorry it's a little bit late in the timeline. We didn't have a chance to record until now regarding all this matter. But um, yeah. I don't know what to say, but that it's been interesting to talk about a topical thing. I think is quite appropriate, and uh, I'm glad everybody could uh, listen to it and weigh in on it and tell us what you think on our Facebook page, on the Facebook group, whatever it is. Yeah, um, I, I want to retract something. Uh, the The big news right now, as far as Charleston responding to not wanting to indulge in hate, is um, DeRay. Um, so this, I'm pretty sure this guy had a huge role in the Black Lives Matter, and so Charleston created the hashtag Go Home DeRay, and that's that's something um, that's a unified. Oh, black not and white you mean front. not Al Sharpton? It was this other guy. Right, right. Okay. Now Al Sharpton is in kind of included in the conversation. Like, hey, we don't want, and uh, there. Th- this is something that that's been uh, posted that a lot of people are behind in Charles in South Carolina. It says, "Hey Ferguson, hey Baltimore, this is South Carolina. This is how we do it. We are family. No riots, no looting, nobody acting crazy." Uh, what do you see here? Multi-race, multi-ethnic, all colors, all races banding together to defeat evil. Yeah, that's a good so. point, but I don't really. Appreciate the sentiment of y'all are ba- the, those. Let's, let's uh, I don't pick either. on those cities. I don't That's a little bit silly, but uh, yeah, I think yeah. that is clear enough without having to be taunting of, of other cities. Right, right. No, I agree. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for tuning into this different than usual episode. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, we appreciate it. Peace. As if the skeletons in their closet was pardoned due to their hard work and tobacco growth. As if abolitionists were not racist and just pro union. As if God only spoke to white boys with epic beards. You know, Jesus didn't really look like them paintings. I was just Michelangelo's boyfriend. Your precious Puritans.